Welcome to Record Narrative Podcast, where we advocate a better future through technology. I'm Rizwan Razali, your host for this episode. Our guest for this episode is Yasmin Lin, an urban planner who has a passion for community building. In this episode, we discuss the work that she's done and her thoughts on concepts and efforts of smart cities and how we should think about the kind of cities we want to live in someday. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, before we get into this, right? Um, can you share with us a bit about your background? So apparently you're an urban planner. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, which are, you know I, I come from a very media background. Okay. So, you know, urban planning sounds very complex to me. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I am an urban planner or an urbanist. So within the built environment, the, the, the city, um, there's a lot of different um, builders, so to speak. So you've got your architects, which I think you're more familiar with, probably. Sure, sure, um, the, engineers, the engineers, developers, yes, okay. something more familiar. And then you've got urban planners. So planners that kind of uh, look at like the, the bigger master plan of a city. So architects look at buildings, whereas planners look at how all these buildings interact with each other. Yeah, so that's what urban planners do. And there's, uh, similar to accountants, you, you get accredited as an urban planner. Um, I am not a uh, certified urban planner, but I studied urbanism in my background and for the last almost 10 years has been related to how people interact and connect with the city. I see, I see, um, I see. And yeah, so, so I consider myself an urban planner. Um, So you study that, but you're not certified, like in the same way um, somebody would study law, but you know, you're not qualified to practice? Uh, I mean, it's it's like a big area, so there's a lot of different things that come into planning a city. Um, So uh, I'm not an accredited town planner, but I am an urban planner, so it's it's not so, I mean, I wouldn't be able to sign off the document sort of thing, but I would be involved in the team that's overlooking how to make uh, a particular district sustainable, for example. Right, so what's a day-to-day would look like then for you? Uh, I mean, so as an urban planner, there's a lot of different things that you can be involved in. Um, So I actually studied sustainable urbanism as my MSc a couple of years ago. Uh, And um, so my colleagues, uh, people from my class, a lot of them go into like transport or um, sustainable buildings, um, uh, different areas. So in my previous role with uh, Urbanist Malaysia, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a think tank under the Ministry of Housing and Local Government. Essentially, we were looking at um, uh, urban innovations for the city. Uh, Yeah, so for example, how do we bring uh, renewable energy to low-income housing, low-income communities? Um, and so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of processes that takes place in the city. So when you want to approve such a project at such a scale, you have to talk to all these different stakeholders. You have to make sure you get permission from uh, decision makers, uh, from 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 federal, from from state level. Um, so as an urban planner, you're I think the best way to describe it is you're the middle person. So the, okay. yeah, so you've got the architect that focuses on the building, um, and then you've got the urban planners that looks at the bigger picture. But you need these people to kind of mediate the conversations between the two. Right, so right, who connects right. then with the architect, with the planner, to bring them together? Because one of the problems that we face in the city is that there's not much uh, interaction happening. There's a lot of silo between different different sectors, different, different areas. Sectors, right, right, um, right. So as an urban planner, with these urban innovations that we do uh, in my pastoral, it, a lot of my work involved um, meeting the different stakeholders where they are at different levels, um, connecting them and providing urban urban solutions. So you're like them. the Nick Fury when it comes to like building, um, you know... Uh, Nick Fury. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> I should know this name. Yeah. It sounds familiar. It's uh, the, the guy who brought the Avengers together. Oh god. So yeah. like, you know, 
I think we're gonna see through this podcast that. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess. That's the idea of an urban planner. Yeah. I hope that explains. Yeah. No, but it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. um, you mentioned about um, building like you know like a sustainable and innovation for cities, right? So could you um, could you elaborate a bit on you know or maybe explain if smart cities is anywhere um, in the periphery of what you do and what exactly does you know a smart city means? Because that seems to be you know like um, yeah. quite a hot topic now. Mm-hmm. Singapore keeps pushing themselves as like a smart city, mm-hmm. and I know Malaysia's so you know we're always trying to um, play catch up one way or another ish. Yeah. So am I wrong? On that? So, yeah, so, <laughs> it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so to me, um, smart city really is a tool to achieving sustainable city, sustainable urbanism. So. Um, I'd like to start with what that means, sustainable cities. Um, And so essentially what we're looking at is how do we create urban environments that can sustain um, the the livelihoods of current inhabitants while preserving resources and the city for inhabitants in the future? How do we keep the city sustainable, right? Um, And uh, sustainability is a fine balance between um, different aspects of sustainability. So you've got your environmental sustainability, social sustainability, economic sustainability. So all these things need to come into play. um, You know, you need to find a balance in order to to achieve sustainability. Um, And I think sustainability is this word that's, you know, also we're very familiar with. Um, I'm sorry to confuse you now to bring smart cities and sustainability, but I think it's really important to contextualize smart city within sustainability. Right, yeah. um, uh, and then I'm sure, have you also heard about the Sustainable Development Goals by the United really Nations? Not, oh, okay, uh, so the, yeah. SDGs, um, the SDGs. Okay. Right, so that's the Sustainable Development Goals. It's sort of a framework that um, identifies what, what, you know, what, what, what in, what's involved in sustaining humanity, basically. So we've got these 17 SDGs, which covers things from poverty, education, um, inequality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 11th SDG is actually sustainable cities and communities. I see. So I under see. the SDGs, and, and the SDGs are, are, I know they're talked, a lot, uh, talked about a lot. And you know, before that, we had the Millennium Development Goals, which Millennium we, uh, Millennium Development Goals, which we uh, achieved in you know, the year 2000, which, which pushed a lot of things, especially in Malaysia. Anyway, um, but the SDGs are really important because they were developed by um, multiple stakeholders from around the world. This is something that was developed over years and years around and years the around the world, around the world. Around the world. So looking at different you know, developed uh, countries, developing countries, you know, talking to these different experts, researchers, academics, um, city leaders, um, so many people. I think the proce- people un- underestimate or undervalue the, the process that took to building these 17 SDGs. Right, of course. Right, so <laughs> sorry to kind of no, digress yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially smart cities is a tool to, to achieve uh, the SDGs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Right, because you know, when you talk about smart cities, most people imagine flying cars and you know, um, the Jetsons yeah. basically, right? You know, you yeah. don't have to walk anywhere, that wall-y kind of a universe. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And right now, yeah. you know, technology is in a really amazing place, you know, like our phones alone is just like... Yeah. You can do wonders with it. You can build a, a you know like a whole business. You can have like all sorts of stuff, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. a whole studio. Um, do you feel like you know technology is the way to fixing you know a lot of um, the problems that we face in cities? Or yeah, again, I mean it's it's a tool, right? So so technology 
is in a way neutral. It, it depends, you know, it's not good or bad. It depends how you use it, what we're using it for. And so, yes, we, we do have phones that are, you know, solving a lot of our problems. Um, but, you know, n does everyone have access to a phone? Does right. everyone have right. access to internet, uh, affordable internet, affordable, high quality, stable internet? Um, I think recently with the pandemic, that was very much an issue of, of you know, people from, you know, more rural parts of our country, yeah. um, states with rich resources having very little access. Yeah. So, um, yeah, technology can definitely um, solve a lot of problems, but it really depends how, how you use it. Um, so like going back to you know, smart cities and, and what that means, how you're saying, um, you know, what we envision it to be, this flying cars, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. It, it's very easy to kind of ignore all these um, things of understanding what is it that te technology is supposed to solve and going straight to the, the high, like the fancy the imagination fancy. Sure. of what, sure. you know, flying cars straight away, flying right? Cars, right um, but I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting because you know, I was talking a lot about sustainability earlier and that's something that we've been defining together as a civilization since probably the 80s, 70s, 80s. So we've been thinking about sustainability for a while. So smart cities is something that's newer. When it comes to smart city, there are definitions that have come into play. Okay. So you've got your kind of national definitions now coming in. Malaysia has its own smart city framework. That's so what would that be for Malaysia then? So it was actually created, uh, developed by the Ministry of Housing and Local Government because um, they oversee, um, you know, cities in a way because of the local governments, the, the MPBJ, DBKL, etc. Um, and so they kind of developed a framework on, on, on how to develop smart cities. What does it mean? What, what does it entail? Um, and for, uh, according to their uh, framework, essentially they define smart city, well, not they, but like the definition that I really like for yeah. a smart city is um, a resilient and inclusive city built collaboratively that uses different types of technology and data in order to achieve a better quality of life for all residents. So essentially smart city is the ability of, uh, of a city to respond to urban issues and, um, and, and measure and collect data in order to respond to these issues through ICT and technology, technology uh, innovations. So the smart city framework um, uh, it highlights a lot of these things uh, and it, it showcases, we've got like a couple of um, smart city projects, over a hundred actually. Over yeah, um, and so it covers areas like the environment, smart economy, smart digital infrastructure, etc. So it kind of gives like a little bit of framing for, for local governments especially local governments. To, to understand. Um, so that's quite useful to look because at. Because it has to be quite difficult for local governments to kind of, you know, um, follow through as well, right? You know, because there's all yeah. this big stuff that's happening globally. And as you mentioned that, you know, there's uh, around the world, right? Because I would have imagined that, okay, Malaysia, us building our own cities is kind of pretty much um, contained within like uh, um, just the Malaysian people. But, you know, I think a lot of people miss that that everyone somewhere from somewhere, some other parts of the world will also kind of want their say or, you know... Um, they're kind of they're, they're invested in one way or another as well. In other parts of in, the world? In, in, say, even in Malaysia, for example, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, we have, we, you see, we have investors as well from um, outside because you mentioned it takes right. a global, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the interesting interesting thing about um, smart cities. So, so essentially, you know, you're trying to improve um, 
people's livelihoods in these different areas, um, you know, through through smart economy, for example, or, or, or and but it, it, it's also definitely a pathway for um, investment. You know, so when you when you bring in these different um, innovators, um, solution providers, I mean, it, it it's it's very much like a becoming a word amongst um, world trade. World trade. Um, yeah. But and okay, so just to kind of you know um, talking about you know the kind of problems that sometimes might arise within cities. You know, like yeah. what what would you say technology or smart city have actually um, helped to solve those issues? You know. What would be some of the innovations you think? I mean, there, there's there's um, a lot of like um, a lot of areas I think that's that's happening. But just to go back to my earlier point about um, just to finish up the point on 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 who is investing these innovations, um, I think it's really also important to understand that our city currently the way that it's planned, the way that it's designed, we we have kind of started from a point of you know it's been a few people deciding what's best for everyone but when when smart city comes into play when when we start to build cities of the future it's really important that we have this space of collaboration so more people can be involved in what the future looks like so we have all these visions like you said dune etc etc so you kind of can imagine it um, but the thing about smart city the thing about technology our smartphones it evolves so rapidly that if we're not involved in um, if we don't have a say in, in, in the, the direction that it's heading we can get locked into similar problems uh, of, of, for example, car dependency that we have in KL, which was a solution to a problem, and then it became a problem in itself. Um, so, so yeah, I think I think that's just something that I really want to highlight. But going back to so going back to what are some of the um, innovations that um, uh, have solved uh, city problems? There's there's been I mean in in Malaysia alone, there's, there's um, you know all sorts of um, solutions that we have. Um, but again, it's, it's like you said, going back to really understanding what the problem is, uh, solving these problems. Um, traffic, for example, I'll traffic stick to area that um, I'm quite familiar with. Um, so we have a, you know, for example, we, we, everybody uses Waze now or, or yes. Google Maps yes, to right. get around. Yeah. And so with this technology, you're allowed to, you know, you can then see what's a faster route to go home mm -hmm. or what's a route to avoid if there's an accident, etc. But is this technology actually um, redirecting or reducing traffic? Mm -hmm. Um, and so maybe it could if it worked if the if the tech providers then worked with the appropriate bodies to maybe um, realign traffic routes. Okay. Uh, for example, so sometimes you see on the highway during rush hour they change from five lane to three lane and they put people you know yeah. things like that right and so. Yeah. So there, you know, it, it can solve it can alleviate traffic in that sense. But what is tech doing to actually? Um, yeah, solve the problem of traffic. So could we then imagine a future um, where um, uh, technology or, or, or the data that's being collected from traffic could actually, you know, I, don't, I, I know this is being done in some countries, but uh, for example, when the uh, air pollution is too high, uh -huh. uh, they send a message to people with a specific license plate, maybe those ending with like an odd number or something, okay. that they, instead of driving to work, take the train or stay and work from home. And so at the moment, now we've got all these options to work from home. Okay. And so maybe we can imagine a future where technology then comes in to solve these problems. Wow, so again, okay. the, like tech has so many potential, yeah. so many opportunities through tech, so many points of investment through tech. But unless we like really connect the dots, are they, is it solving our traffic problem? Yes, yeah. and something like that is very practical. You know? I think for someone, you know, um, because of course you know, uh, nobody likes traffic, especially living in KL, it's just, uh, 
It's okay. It's okay just to go around, right? You know, like uh, you just take an hour when actually it's a 15 minutes drive, and sometimes you have to plan yeah. and all this. And and there's always that question, you know, like how do you solve it? So far, it's been like more roads, more lanes. Mm. And I, I like what you just said of, you know, just kind of connecting and messaging people, telling, okay, air pollution is a certain way. Mm. Just because it's something that, you know, the technology is there. Mm. It's just a matter of um, getting people together and just kind of like um, just working our way and, and making that system uh, work. Uh, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, can I just add, like, um, so, I mean, we, as human beings, I think we tend to have an assumption that technology will solve all of our problems. Um, I mean, we're quite apathetic to a lot of things, yes. you know, pollution yes. level, tra traffic, um, climate change, you know, it's very much around us. Um, and so we, we always have this assumption that um, something will come to solve our problems, you know, even climate change. Right. I think everybody right. at the back of their mind, or I mean, for, for whatever reason or not, but I, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but a, a part of you thinks, oh, they're going to create something to, to solve this. I, and so okay. you kind of become very dependent on, on tech solving the problem. But at the end of the day, like it really is, you know, we also as society have to change. Um, you know, it cannot just be a reliance on technology, on, technology. on smart cities, right. um, which is why, um, you know, one of the biggest problems that smart cities need to tackle is like societal problems. How societal do we make problems, people yeah. smarter, smart, smart people within the smart society, a smart city? So, yeah, not just... Uh, not just hardware, but also the software of, of the software. Of, which yeah. is, okay. So, yeah. how would that look like? That feels like an even bigger task, right? For because sure. you're talking about like changing people rather yeah. than like, providing the tools yeah. to, yeah. Because you know, a tool can go two ways, right? You know, you can you can build something with it, or you can destroy something with it. Yeah. Um, it's like a hammer, I suppose. That's uh, that's how it works. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, there, there are, so I, I want to use this example that um, I really like. It's called Remix Streets. It's Remix a, Streets. Remix Streets. Okay. It's a platform developed by a group in America. Uh, and the founder is actually a lady, so women in tech, which is, you know, really nice to see. Um, but essentially, it's a platform where, so, uh, well, not so much in our cities, but in a lot of cities, we're seeing a lot of move towards uh, sustainable mobility, adding more bike lanes to the city, etc. Yeah. And not everyone is happy when a bike lane is in, in, uh, added to the city, right. uh, when these interventions are being made, when this new infrastructure is coming in. So how do you make sure that everybody gets to say, like I was saying, how do you get, how do you make sure everybody gets to collaborate, right? Who it's gets tough, invited yeah. to the exactly, table? Yeah. Um, and of course, tech has its, you know, uh, advantages. So using uh, Remix Streets, um, it's, it's a software where uh, the traffic consultant or the traffic planner gets to kind of show the community what they're planning to do on a screen. And um, the design is really cool. So they get to add streets, add, add whatever the street will look like, okay. but do it with the com community. So it's a bit like a mirror board. Do you know, okay. Um, okay, 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 where okay. you kind of get to design together, and the thing is that 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 platform will then be public. So, and it's yeah, it'll be public. So then, on that platform, even if you're not able to join the maybe stakeholder engagement, the discussion that's being held, you can then go to that page later and add your comments. Oh, actually, if you add it here, uh, this part gets a lot of cars. Actually, oh, actually, here is where the ice cream man comes. So you shouldn't put, you know, things like I that. See, 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 um, see. So that's one way to include more people. But of course, with tech, you include a lot of people, but then you also exclude a lot of people, right? Yes, like who gets, yes, yes. Um, who has the time and technology to join these conversations? I think when during COVID, we had a lot of issues involving um, elderly mm -hmm. communities mm -hmm. who are usually the more um, vocal people in, in communities. But because mm -hmm. it was tech, then they were like separated, like, ah, my, I don't know, they don't right. even have an email address, right. you know? Right. Um, and so there, I think like that face-to-face -face is always really important as well. 
but I think the tech just supports that you it know so you bring in the younger crowd through tech you, you then you then have the physical space for the you know for different ages to, to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, think, I think I I agree with you. You know, it's absolutely um, crucial for us to still have a community space that are physical. You know, because right now yeah. everybody's excited over. I mean, I'm not sure if metaverse. everybody, but metaverse, <laughs> right? And 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 that that, that honestly yeah. scares the. You know, uh, it really scares um, the the heck out of me. You know, in that sense, right. it's, um, it used to scare me too. And until until someone pointed it out, like we're, you're already living in it, I was like, oh. Am I? And like, we kind of are. Like, yeah. throughout the pandemic, you know, everything's just been it's done true. online. You know, you connect with your friends, even your best friends through WhatsApp, you know. And, and I mean, I think, again, like, technology isn't inherently good or bad, no, you know. Yeah. And it, it really is about how we start to define how it's going to be used for us. Because right. it very much, like, the smartphone can then use us instead of us use them. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, this talk is very much about, like, reinstilling, like, the power that we have. Exactly. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I think technology is great. I'm not one of those people who think that, you know, we should live in a cave or anything like that because I've actually, you know, like all of us, we've benefited from it, you know, it's just amazing. But also seeing where we're he- heading as a society, as you say, yeah. it just yeah. feels like um, like yeah. we need to address that because mm-hmm. it seems like the technology is moving a lot faster mm-hmm. than, you know, than uh, us being mature enough to kind of, you know, gauge as to like, okay, this is how... Um, yeah. we're going to engage with, with these tools and devices. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just go on, like, social media and it, it's very, I don't know what the word is, depressing it sometimes, is depressing. you know? Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I'm, I'm always overly optimistic with the city. I think that's how I've been in, able to <laughs> do what sustain you do, right? for yeah. so long. Okay. I don't know. I think, I think there's always, you know, you have to always look at what can be done Um, and like in terms of civic participation there's also um, a lot of movement in civic tech so Remix Streets is is in a way um, a form of civic tech you know you get to get you know you're you're essentially involved civic participation uh, through an app you know so instead of like going for a meeting that you know local government has PBT board meeting um, you know DBKL meetings that you know takes place in the middle of the day you get to join that through your phone for example right Right. Um, and there's also you know more and more things happening like how to make um, the government more transparent I don't know if you've heard of this group called My MP They're really cool. So So it's like um, I think they're quite a young startup as well. But they kind of like um, turn each of our MPs into like a cute little um, Minecraft-looking thing. Yeah. Um, And so essentially, a way for people to connect to their politicians. Not just you know, because it's easy to comment on social media and say, "Oh, this person's done blah 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 blah." You know, but you know, how do we properly? You know, how do we um, hold them accountable? How do we hold ourselves accountable as well? Yes, you know, who do we vote for, etc. Um, and so I think if we look for it, there, there's there's space for tech to solve these woes that you have about, right. you know, the direction right. our society is heading into. But it, it, it takes, you know, everyone getting involved. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, um, and it really involves, you know, not just people in tech, but how do we involve, you know, kind of, I mean, I think humanities and arts has a huge role to play in ensuring the preservation of our humanity Humanity in the future. Um, So, you know, the the beauty of reading, the beauty of art, all these things. I mean, the way that we nurture future, you know, kids. um, I mean, even amongst ourselves, you know, how how do we connect better to each other? Um, Would you say um, studying or understanding, you know, the local culture Mm. should also be a huge part of, you know, developing, like, um, sustainable, you 
uh, solutions plus also yeah. heading towards a smart city being route that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so culture is also part of, you know, like I was saying, the different um, elements, elements of sustainability. Right. I think culture, you know, they're arguing is is part of that as well. Um, so it's interesting because, um, you know, what do we want our cities to look like? You know, KL, Ipoh, Penang, these are all distinct um, urban areas and we want to keep it that way because it, it reflects a local identity, local culture, right. local arts. Um, and, and that same goes to, you know, other cities. We don't want to go to Bangkok and feel like we're in KL. You know, we don't want to go to, um, to you know, they're all different cities. Yeah. And um, I think uh, hanging on to our culture and we're seeing a lot of funding happening in that space oh, okay. during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, groups like Chandana, for example, pumping, with, you know, supporting the arts, seeing the value in, 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 in that space. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, do we definitely need more because the arts needs support from course, the government. So course, as yes, we're investing yes. into smart tech, I yes. think there needs to be equal investment into humanities, into arts, into right. culture. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely plays a huge role to play. And I like the example of Jakarta. Jakarta. Um, I mean, I haven't been... I've actually never been. Everything. I, I think the the, the it's like that. it's going to be the Putrajaya in Kalimantan. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't think they're moving the whole city, like but I think it's 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 more like the administrative. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure, but yeah, they're definitely they're definitely planning to move because it's sinking. Right. Um, but interestingly. Um, uh, Jakarta has gone through a huge wave of um, shift towards sustainable mobility. Uh, before the pandemic, they had uh, the buses called Trans Jakarta, which is basically a BRT, bus rapid tr transit, right. um, that, that goes from different parts of the city and it's like a specific lane just for the buses, but really, really well organized. I and see. they utilize culture a lot in how they improve their city. They use these how kind so? of local uh, language. So I think the term is Jack Lingo that they use, which uh, Jat lingo. So it's a term that they use for the irrigation system, um, but everyone within the built environment is very familiar with the term. So instead of like creating a new word, you know, creating a new term, they, they work with like what's familiar to the stakeholders in order to bring them together. And of course, all this is underpinned by very strong political will, so they have mm. a very good governor. But, you know, I think what Indonesia is so good at doing is preserving its culture, right. um, yeah, preserving yeah. its identity. So even though it's it's becoming a sustainable city in the, in the, in the way that, um, I mean, it used to be, you know, you would identify Jakarta as much it, you know, you would think right. Jakarta stuck in traffic for an hour, that's normal. And I'm yeah, not I've sure. I've been there once, it's insane. Like it's, um, yeah. KL, your traffic is bad. Like Jakarta is just on uh, another level. Another level. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. so much bigger, right? Yes, it's it it's is, a it mega is. city, um, but you know, and and it's one of those cities that people always thought were, you know, this term have been thrown around in the past, ungovernable. But then, you know, it's you see city. these these things happening. You see these changes, very, you know, very tangible changes and improvements. I mean, I'm sure they still have a long way to go. Again, I've not been, but from what I've heard, from the discussions happening, they've they've been winning a lot of awards as well yeah, in terms of their mobility. Right, right. So, so yeah, I would I I, I like to look at um, countries like Jakarta for right, right, right. how they preserve their culture. No, 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 that's, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What would you say be some of the one of your own personal favorite projects that you think you know you've um, yeah you've seen like you know like. Um, you see a problem, then you kind of got involved, and you just feel like, oh man, like you know, I made, maybe you know, okay, okay, a difference. I know, so it's, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's a heavy yeah. Well, one, the thing right? about yeah. the city is that you know, changes takes, it takes, takes ages. It takes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, it takes like constant chipping um, at something, you know, so you might have. Um, uh, 
something that solves a problem for a little while, but you know, how do you make sure that it becomes part of, you know, how, how does it become systemic change? Mm. Um, and so um, I, I guess one of the things I, I really um, value, I learned a lot about uh, quite recently through my previous role, uh, was this thing called participatory um, municipal budgeting. Okay. So as we know, um, maybe we don't know, but our local governments are given a, a set amount of budget right. to, to, to fix the city, to fix potholes, etc., etc., etc. all these things. Um, and a lot of the time, well, most of the time, we don't get community input on how these budgets are spent. But those budget, those, that money is public money, it's our money, it's taxpayers' money. Um, so how do you identify how much gets spent for this, what is valued for this, etc., etc., etc. And so in Penang, they've been doing this thing called GRPB, Gender Responsive and Participatory Budgeting. Right. Um, and through my previous role, I was lucky to like learn more from them. And w we were trying to um, teach other cities um, or, or, yeah, to, to expand this to other cities um, in their own way, localizing it in their own way. Because Penang, of course, has its own unique sort of history yeah, yeah. with, with it's, it's very, um, it's got very strong civil society. Um, but they've been doing it and they've managed to institutionalize it at state level. So every year when they announce the budget, the mayor will actually go on Facebook and share, okay, this is what's being spent for this. this is really Do you agree with that? La, 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 la. And before that announcement is being made, they have these discussions with the community, but they go even further and they separate members of the community according to uh, gender, according to age, according to abilities, yeah. because these specific stakeholders have specific needs. Women have different needs than men. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, then it, it becomes a space that's more inclusive for people with disabilities, yes. um, yes, things like that. So I, I, I really, yeah, I really, um, I mean, I don't think I've solved anything through that, but I really feel like no, that could still, be yeah. something you know, if we if we if we expand it, um, you know, it's really just holding our, our local government accountable, accountable right? and, um, it, uh, and it's effective spending as well. Sure, you know, you're sure, spending sure. it where it needs to be spent, what's most effective, and then it, it also through doing that gets people involved in the processes in their city. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, makes you more responsible citizens. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a two way street, whatever it is. Right? Even you've mentioned um, going back to the Jakarta um, example, you're mm. you're absolutely right there leadership plays a huge role in that because yeah. I like the, the word that you use, it seemed I mean, um, you know, like um, impossible to govern um, yeah. at, at one point, you know, and it mm. seems like we were ahead of them ish mm. at, at some point, right? And now it seems like, you know, they're, uh, they're they've uh, left us? I don't know, mm. Not you know, they, they're taking a, 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 a lead lah, in, yeah. in, that, in some sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say I'm like an expert on, on comparative urbanism. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and I think a lot has happened through the pandemic. Um, but yeah, it is really fascinating, and I think, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I, I like to think from, from things that I've heard through webinars and stuff like that, that you know, they, they empower um, citizens to play a role in, in how the city is designed. There's a lot of um, mm -hmm. uh, civic action groups in Jakarta, like Bike to Work is one of them. Uh, okay. So they're a big, you know, movement of, okay, berspeda ke, I forgot what the word for office is, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you mean, <laughs> for that, but, but yeah. like, you know, really actively um, pushing for that. Um, and then it's something that's then adopted by the state. But then they, they you know, they, they, they very much work with community on the ground because they can't afford as decision makers, as, you know, politicians to, right. to decide right. everything for everyone because there's so many people. Of course, of course, um, and so they really empower their, their, their communities. Um, and, and yeah, I really see that when they, when they present themselves, you know, very, very much aware and concerned of what's happening of in what's their city. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. So just going back to like you know concept of smart cities and all that, right? You know, I one of the things I would imagine in terms of smart cities um, would have always been. Uh, I mentioned flying cars. The other bit would be self-driving cars. You know, you have uh, the what movie was that? Well, you had the iRobots and the uh, the Minority Report. With, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, just yeah. order a car and all that. I well, what's your thoughts on? Mobility, at least in terms mm. of you know smart in in just urban areas, and why is that important? Though you know it's like um, in terms of sustainable. Yeah, yeah I mean, in terms of like where we're going um, with uh, sustainable mobility. Um, I mean, definitely there's this move towards autonomous uh, mobility, and not necessarily moving people, but moving goods. Right? How do you move? You know, how do we? Um, uh, you know, solve the traffic problem by reducing the, you know, maybe the number of drivers. I think one of the solutions that it, uh, one of the problems it's hoping to address is um, maybe reducing car accidents, for example. Um, And it's interesting that you mention um, Minority Report because there's so many like cities to look at in movies and books and stuff like that, right? And like, how do we decide what it is, which city that we, you know, what's a city that we want to envision? Personally, Wally is probably not something that we want Um, but like but yeah uh, I mean in terms of um, yeah in terms of where we're headed or so you asked why is mobility uh, important Um, so I mean it's really important because uh, how we get around uh, really impacts how we connect to our surrounding Mm -hmm. to our cities to our communities Mm -hmm. Um, mobility is also the biggest contributor of uh, carbon emissions uh, okay. in, in KL, it's uh, 56% is, uh, uh, of carbon emissions is contributed by road transportation. Right. Um, so an important step of improving our city is in improving our mobility. Okay. Um, and I think there, there's a, yeah, and, and in, in improving uh, access to mobility as well, it's not, just, um, it's not just getting from A to B, but it's the whole experience of you know, different people being able to access different parts of the city. Um, is really important as well. Uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, there's been a lot of biases in how our cities are planned. Um, it's there is um, to an extent the idea that cities were designed for for men. They were designed by you know okay. white right. men, right, right. <laughs> and we've kind of sure. adopted a lot of those um, um, planning yeah, systems, yeah, 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 especially yeah. as we rapidly urbanized in the 70s. So that's yep. why we have this kind of like very car dependent. Um, kind of city where you know the idea is to separate where we work and where we live mm. um, but yeah I mean the thing about the the way that our yeah the way that uh, our urban system is at the moment is it's really problematic for for a lot of reasons um, I mean there's a hi- high financial cost of being car dependent I mean everybody needs a car to survive I think the statistic is that one point uh, there's a car for there's 1.1 cars for every person so there's more cars than people if you include children in that um, statistic Um, and you know I mean not uh, yes it's cheap to buy a car but to continually pay for that car that's an added cost and petrol prices are going up and just to be dependent on fossil fuel for every single trip that you make is also really problematic and you know um, and then it goes you know there's also the health implication of 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 cars where you know the idea that uh, you know everybody's driving. There's more uh, air pollution, etc. Um, there's also the whole, you know, not not moving around as much. You know, then we're becoming less healthy. Uh, all sorts of illnesses. Um, of course, the whole planetary impact and 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 the social cost on communities of driving. Right. 
Um, and so, so these are some of the kind of problems with cars. I mean, not to say that, like, I'm not completely anti-car. Right, um, right, right. You know, there's a place for it in the future. But how do we, you know, how do we design a city to to be uh, inclusive of diverse modes of mobility? You yeah. know, not just the car. How do we improve our public transport? How do we improve uh, walkability? And interestingly. Since COVID, you know, we, I think if it wasn't for COVID, automation of uh, like autonomous vehicles, autonomous uh, that yeah. movement was going really strong. Really? But when COVID yeah. happened, yeah. there was almost a shift backwards. I mean, it would be interesting to talk to, to, to people here, but you know, there's been this boom, I don't know if you've seen in a lot of cities towards cycling. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so okay. if you see in Europe and in, in America, um, um, Jakarta. Jakarta. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, the, the minute Malaysians hear cycling, they're like, it's hot. Yeah, and it is, and it is. But it's only gonna get hotter <laughs> if yes. you keep driving. That's true. Okay. But um, but yeah, but it's it's fascinating because I think that a lot of investment was being put into autonomous vehicles, um, mm. and when COVID happened, it kind of stopped that a little bit, mm -hmm. and then the cycling boom took over. Um, and yeah, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see the direction that it's heading now. And and I think, I mean, I'm not like against autonomous vehicles, I think there's definitely a place for autonomous and electric vehicles, course, but there's yeah. so many things to consider. If we are to move towards electric uh, vehicles, electric cars, That's for right. example, we have to make sure that we work towards um, decarbonizing our energy. Because at the moment, we're still relying on fossil fuel to, to generate electricity. But yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that's that's why mobility is very important. Yeah. And, uh, and and just talking about cycling, right? You mentioned um, I'm sorry, but I you work with um, with uh, there's an organization that you work for as well. You work yeah. with when yeah. it comes to to promoting cycling <laughs> in KL. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Bike Commute KL, if I'm yeah. not wrong, right? That's right. Okay, so can you elaborate a bit more on that? Uh, like sure. Yeah. So I'm part of Bike Commute KL. Yeah. Uh, so we're a group of cyclists and urbanists that promotes uh, accessible mobility and livability. Right. Uh, we do a couple of things, uh, social engagements, uh, awareness on you know how to cycle safely, how to commute uh, by bicycle. So it started um, with this guy, Justin, who is an everyday commuter cyclist. Okay. He doesn't cycle the whole way he will so he lectures from PJ in KL he'll take his bike onto the train because uh, you can do that now on right. uh, on right. certain times of the day and on yeah. weekends um, with a foldable bike yeah. uh, and yeah. so yeah. so he he shows you how he does this journey and and it's not like um, so intensive that you know like he just makes it accessible he makes it mm. uh, easier to kind of understand so we have this sort of, um, social platform, uh, on online platform where we um, on, on Instagram and, and Facebook called Bike Commute KL where we talk about these things. But we also do a physical engagement called physical. Bike Kitchens. Okay. Bike uh, Kitchens. Bike Kitchens. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's Bike Kitchen, Bike Co-op. It's, it's this thing that um, basically uh, it's a community-centric, family-oriented space okay. uh, where we, once a month, actually we're having it on Sunday, Right. Uh, this oh, Sunday, nice. Nice. <laughs> we've had four so far. On Sundays, okay. Um, we'll once a month, you should come. Yeah, and so and it's held uh, in, in 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 a neighborhood, and essentially a bunch of cyclists come and they volunteer their time to teach people uh, simple bike maintenance skills. So we've got some tools. Ah. So if you've got like a little problem with your bike, like a punctured tire, or you need to just readjust things or whatever, um, not like high uh, complicated things, but um, like if you're an everyday cyclist, you will encounter problems with your bike from time to time and that will be a hindrance for you to cycle. Mm -hmm. And so through the bike kitchen, you learn like basic things on how to fix. Right. But it's also a space like very important of this sort of community kind of community of practice where everybody comes together, they talk about 
their practice of cycling yep. um, and the more that you see people cycling in your neighborhood especially when you see people like you cycle you know yeah, when you see it, right? you know yeah, when yeah. you see when I see um, another lady or or you know and 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 then you start to think oh she's doing it I could do Why it too not, right? you know yeah, yeah. or like I've got a gang yeah, um, right. and so that's the sort of idea that we bring people together to kind of share tips um, yeah. yeah it's a bit insane that's where we're at right now as a society that that's a movement I remember last time, like cycling was just a thing that almost everyone, uh, you know, they they would just cycle. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And now, like you know, it's like it, it's, but it's you know, I guess as we were moving forward, there are some stuff that ought to be preserved. You got that, you know. Uh, yeah. Is, you see, this is one of those things, you know. That's uh, interestingly, to do it, yeah. I think so. I mean, recently the UN just just. Um, identified cycling as a tool to address climate change <clears throat> you know for so many reasons because when you redesign the city to incorporate bicycles we, you also begin to then redesign the city to incorporate accessible um, walkability so you know you add the bike lanes but at the same time you make sure that the path next to the bike lane <clears throat> is accessible for someone in a wheelchair mm -hmm. if you're going to do these road improvements you know then you get to kind of reshift the hierarchy of space right, you know right. um, and so so that's sort of um, an interesting area to be in. Um, there's a term for bicycles. They call it the reverse innovation. The reverse innovation. The reverse innovation. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, because it's something that okay. we've, like you said, it's something that it's as around, as a society right? we're yeah, used yeah, yeah, yeah. to. But like I think the it's not broken. You know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah. like electric bicycles sure, are sure. a game changer. Um, right. You know. Uh, then it becomes like something that even as you age, you you can cycle very mm. very easily. They're amazing mm -hmm. electric bicycles, really. Right. Um, okay. So re reverse innovation. Like I really like that term. You know, uh, because we're talking about all this high tech stuff, but now you're talking about kind of also preserving some things. You know, like something as simple as cycling. That you know, I remember when um, if you didn't know how to cycle as a kid, it was just such a it was, it was really bad, like You know, but today. You know, I'm not sure, you know, so my nephews are picking it up and I think, you know, my brother-in-law is like really kind of like pushing for him to do it and because um, they spend so much time. But again, it's an effort, right? If you kind of just leave them to their devices, I'm not sure how interested he would be in um, to take up cycling and all that. Um, so the kind of future I would imagine that, you know, he'd be more interested in would be like an autonomous vehicle. You know, that mm. he doesn't have to drive. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have to think about getting a driver's license. I don't know too many people who don't know how to drive, but yeah. I yeah. would suspect, yeah, that there could be... Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that. So, you know, what is it, you know, what do we want our futures to look like? And I see, keep going back to this, this kind of um, co-creating our futures or collaborating on what we want our futures to look mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And perhaps, you know, a young boy like your nephew would yeah. be more interested to cycle if he saw more people in his neighborhood cycling, cycling. if his parents yeah. felt like it was safe enough to allow their child to cycle because of course our it's a chicken and egg situation with cycling you know a, a big barrier to barrier, cycling yeah. is uh, road safety I mean of course there's yeah, the heat yeah, yes, yeah. Um, but like if our cities were designed to incorporate cycling a little better like for example uh, with more shading with more um, protected bike lanes yeah. I mean if it was easy enough to hop on a bike get to somewhere without ever having to kind of interact with the car like you have your own separate lane for example it, you would be interested to cycle I mean you've been to cities in other countries where you felt like oh this is a really nice experience you, you see here's the thing yeah. because I um, can cycle yeah. I don't do it a lot, right. but I can never do it well on, on roads. Like right. even you, you mentioning cities, right? So yeah. even in a city like um, 
this wasn't in Amsterdam, but it was in it was somewhere in Holland. Okay. It was a small Very town. Big cycling. Big cycling. Right. You know, everybody there cycles. I tried, but the minute I saw a car. I mean, it's very yeah. much what you're exposed to, what yes, you, you've yeah. been able to experience. And I think, um, yeah, I've been fortunate to live in different cities and I, and I learn to kind of navigate in like less traffic heavy places and then slowly. And I think also my upbringing, um, my, my dad loves cycling. So but you cycle around KL, sorry. I cycle around Taman Tun. So I'm a very okay. much like okay. local cyclist. So I so go to Taman the market, I get my coffee, things like that. So it, yeah, I'm, I'm quite lucky to live in an area that's quite cycle friendly. But yeah, again, going back to, it really comes down to how we design and decide what we want our cities to look like. So if we want, to, if we want our cities to look like a place that is, um, you know, that, that we see autonomous vehicles. Mm -hmm. Are we saying we want autonomous vehicles only, you know? Is mm. there room for autonomous vehicles to then share with other road users? Mm. If there's going to be a four lane of autonomous vehicles, how do I then as a pedestrian cross the road? Are we going to say that walking and cycling is eradicated from this future? How do we navigate or how do we um, negotiate the space to incorporate everyone? I think there's definitely room for, for autonomous vehicles and there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, but uh, a lot of things then come into it, and I think Rekha is doing a lot of cool stuff in terms of understanding social behavior. Right. A big part of, of autonomous vehicles is this behavioral science of, you know, how does a car, autonomous vehicle, sure. know when to slow down? You know, because you don't have that eye contact as you would with a driver. I mean, in Malaysia, the eye contact doesn't matter, they speed up. It doesn't matter. But, it doesn't matter. but that's the thing with these cars, you know, how do they, uh, you know, interact with each other? Um, and also with autonomous vehicles, we also have to be aware that when these, uh, this innovation comes into the city, it comes with other innovations such as surveillance technology. You know, we're, we're going to oh, okay. be measuring people's faces, okay. you're going to be okay. knowing people's um, you know, age, background, etc. You right. know, that's, that, that's what will be entailed in autonomous yeah, and that, that's uh, mobility. A lot of, uh Debates and discussion, an ethical like, yeah, dilemma. Ethical, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's it's not impossible to imagine. But and and we've seen, like you said, all these films and stuff like that. So we kind of get an idea of what we want. But it doesn't have to be the dystopian futures that we sure. see, right? We can still make it a, you know, an inclusive space that you know you've got your self-driving cars. And some people might still want to drive. You know, some people like driving. And right. so you know, there could be space for like some drivers as well for, for, for longer trips right. perhaps. If, if, if in the realm of like movies or sci-fi, right, what, what would you think would be your kind of ideal city that's been portrayed out there? Yeah, I mean, I love this. I love that, that um, urbanists use, and like throughout a conversation, we've yeah. used a lot of cities and you're definitely like more, more uh, aware pop of that, that okay. side of pop culture. Sure, sure. But <laughs> I mean, I have not actually seen it. Uh, but I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, and I've I've heard uh, from the lady who designed Wakanda. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know her too. So she did a really cool interview, um, and the director, how he had started with her. The the first question he asked was, he was like, "What's the bus gonna look like?" And she's like, "What? There's a bus in Wakanda?" And like he's like, "Yeah, of course." And he grew up in oh, I can't remember part of America that was his childhood was very much about taking the bus, and so even though it's high tech, uses this. I imagine yeah, you would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so even though you've got this innovative, amazing sure. future of the city that's run on like this amazing, you know, sustainable resource, I imagine, right, right, um, right, right, right. they are still thinking about... Like, vibraniums, vibraniums, they're like, um, they're, uh, they're, you know, electricity, oil and everything, so, you know, it doesn't really touch out the environment in that sense. Exactly, so, like, yeah. and they could have designed flying individual cars, but they didn't. Sure. They, they designed 
buses. Um, and so autonomous vehicles, I think, has a role to play in that for sure. Imagine like small autonomous vehicles, small autonomous buses. Um, paratransit is another aspect which I think is really cool. Imagine people with disabilities being able to hop on these kind of localized um, autonomous transit that you know su supports like more s smaller neighborhoods. Because imagine a bus driver doing these small loops, it would be kind of maybe challenging for the bus yeah, driver to right, how much right. would you pay etc etc but yeah. it becomes when it's auton autonomous mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. then it changes the conversation but again that's why it's so important to be involved in the processes of, of course, yeah. the the evolution that our cities are going to go through very yes, soon yeah. um, so this is a time to wake up so and, kind of and get involved and, and I like that uh, I find it you know, funny that you've not, see, you've not seen Black Panther I try just <laughs> look you know I'm a no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like well, what? It's fine. Well, I would at least recommend just watch yeah. the scenes of Wakanda right. and just kind yes. of get familiar That's what with. I did. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and and you're absolutely <laughs> right because you know there there were all these parts of the culture, uh, the, even the way they dress and all right. that. I thought was yeah. like wow, that's that's they amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah, they, yeah. They had uh, even something as simple as um, the main character showing off his slippers. Right. And I was a bit like, oh wow, right. okay. So right. that that for me, you're right. Wakanda yeah. is definitely. Yeah. The vision that I think you know everyone should kind of. Um, I mean, it's definitely a favorite amongst urbanists. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch the movie. yeah, I will. I will. I have to know. I'm gonna watch it tonight. That, that, that one superhero <laughs> movie, you know, because. I, no, I, I mean, I like some of it, but like, like, you know, I like the TV shows. I think I love like um, WandaVision, Wonder Loki, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah, but okay. like the films are just, yeah, I, I, I should. It, I should. Gets, it gets a bit out, right? <laughs> it's a bit bloated in that sense. No, right. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right, so, you know, we've, uh, you know, pretty much covered everything in terms of uh, like, you know, you, the high tech stuff to even kind of um, the, the reverse innovation and Wakanda right now we're kind of agreeing that somewhere in the middle right we have shared interests so yes. yeah 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 yeah. so you know for the general listener right now who's thinking that you know that they want to take a part in this change and they kind of also want to contribute towards um, a smarter city mm. like what are some of the steps they can take yeah I mean definitely finding ways to get involved in your city so that could be you know like me if you're interested in mobility cycling but also you know there's groups that are fighting to preserve forests in the in the city um uh, Kiara Park for example or right. <coughs> friends of um the park in Sha'alam Kitraka, uh, you know things like that so there's these civil action groups within your your community there's also the residents association groups that you can get involved in okay. so just kind of slowly getting to know what are your rights in the city and according to our uh planning um kind of frameworks there's a lot of actually input on you know community satisfaction there's a lot of room for community community safe if mm -hmm. if a community objects to something there's a lot of room for us to 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 act on these objections it's just that a lot of the times um the problem with planning is that it's um yeah it's only only planners understand the language of planning That's it. yeah That's and it. so yeah, yeah. you know by getting involved in like more tangible projects civic action groups then you get to know you know what is it that you get to do what is it what are your areas of of of, of action, action that you can take okay, take okay. take take uh, take interest in right. uh, and you know definitely keeping on to this idea of you know envisioning what is it that we want our city to look like you know never stop you know kind of exploring that idea and 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 don't let um, you know, private sector or or, or government Sorry. decide what that looks like. You know, and so yeah, everyone has a room, a, a role okay. to play. The artists to reimagine all these sure. in right. cool yeah, cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The writers, the, the yeah. yeah, and so so yeah, that's that's sort of um, trying to find a way to you know put people over technology. Yeah. 
That's fair, that's fair. For me, it'll be uh, to join Bike from UKL. Yes. Over the weekend. Come and join so us. We'll, we'll do a safe cycle ride nice, so you can nice, nice, nice. get used to cycling with cars right. uh, in a group. All right. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Sounds cool. awesome. All right, Yasmin, thank you so much for your time and for sharing so with us. All right, guys, thank you so much for this episode. Till uh, the next one. Um, see you guys then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>